This podcast is brought to you by Undercurrent Athletics and Hard Knocks Gym, both located at the corner of 52nd Street and Broadway. We are also brought to you by Maceo Spice and Import Company, located at 2706 Market Street. For sponsorship and advertising information, please contact Galveston Island Podcast at gmail.com. And we're back. We just had some technical difficulties. We just shot probably about 10 minutes of footage before. <laughs> but today is July 19th. It is the anniversary of Shark Week. I'm not sure when. I'm probably going to have to look that up. Yeah. Um, this is my buddy, John Michael. He's a great shark fisherman uh, from Houston. Uh, go ahead and tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll do your uh, famous Galveston Island podcast fishing report all right okay well um well thanks for having me first of all alex no uh like alex said my name is john michael and uh from houston um i've been fishing galveston now uh for my whole life i guess um uh, grew up down here as as a kid um my my family had a used to have a house in pirates beach just down the road um and uh, grew up fishing. Grew up fishing the beach more than anything. Uh, tr- catching trout, catching redfish as a kid. Um, and uh, you know, now I've kind of taken it up a notch, and and uh, I've started. I've, I say I've started. I've been doing it for years now, but I've been shark fishing for years. Uh, it's kind of always been my thing to just catch the biggest, baddest fish out there, uh, and just you know. We caught a bunch of fish today. Yeah, we did. We did. We should talk about that. We caught. Uh, we went trout fishing today. Caught up thirty trout. We caught thirty trout and, and, uh, and uh, a gaff top. <laughs> you gotta. You always gotta have a gaff top in there. Right? Caught some sharks too. We caught some sharks. Some two, three footers. We caught some little sharks. Uh, not really. You know, not not really what we wanted today. Yeah. Right. We weren't shark fishing, but uh, but yeah, we did. We caught a three man limited trout. Um, and uh it was it was just it was one of those days you kind of dream about it was you quick know, two and, days ago i had uh about five fish on my stringer yeah and a school full of black tips just <laughs> came and ate just destroyed my stringer <laughs> i have i have uh evidence to prove it it's not it was not fun it was really scary yeah it kind of yeah. freaked me out but i was out at the second sandbar and i was trying to yeah. swim back and yeah that's just, the, that they, was they were in that deep water they were coming after it. It yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, well, that, yeah, it's kind of cool, right? I mean, it's it's, it's kind of creepy too. Knowing but, that, uh, like you know, yeah, they're everywhere. Ten sharks are they're everywhere. Just kind of yeah. circling you, saying, "Hey, what's yeah, what's that guy doing over there?" <laughs> yeah, it's, but this time of year, it's it's really when it's this hot. Uh, July and August, there's a ton, ton of just little, what I call pesky black tips. When's when's big shark season? So it, it, I mean, it depends on where you are in Texas, right? So, um, for us here in Galveston, I would say, um, June is kind of, June is my favorite month. I would say that's when I catch, that's when I'm most consistent. That's when I catch a lot of bull sharks and a lot of fish over six feet. Um, but you know, a lot of people, when you ask them that question, a lot of shark fishermen, they're going to say, well, the end of March or all of March really and going into, into April because that's when we get a run of uh, what are called sandbar sharks. And, uh, 
and when they when they are here, there's usually a lot of them, and they're and you can catch them all day, and and they're most of them are going to be over six feet, and a good number of them are going to be over seven feet. So each yard kind of has its own indicative season that right. they come into. Right. Every year, or uh, you know, every month has something different. Um, so there's always there's always fishing opportunities, um, and I mean you can fish year round, and and you're gonna and you're gonna target a certain species based on what month that is. Well, and before we get ahead of ourselves, let's do uh, you do the fishing. Do a little report, fishing please. report, okay? Do the fishing yeah. Report. All right. So, um, well, today obviously a very good day in the surf. Very light winds um, out of the southeast. Uh, water clarity has been awesome. Uh, it's been flat now for over a week, and people have been catching a lot of trout uh, in the surf on topwaters, mirror lures, and live bait, of course. Um, you can expect really high numbers of, of trout on live bait, and, uh, and you, can, you can definitely expect some solid numbers on, uh, on, on artificials. Um, going into the weekend, it's, it, the wind is going to pick up a little bit. It's going to be, um, you know, it's going to, it's not really going to be fishable for wade fishermen, um, at, at least, at least Saturday, probably maybe Friday, Friday might be pretty good and Sunday, but Sunday and Saturday, probably, probably not. We're dealing with a bunch of scattered storms too. Yeah. Scattered storms. Um, but for the most part, you know, fishing's, fish has been really good lately. Uh, I recommend you, you come down when you can. Because uh, it's not going to be not going to be like this for for you know probably for a little while. I, I, I can't tell you exactly what next week's going to be like, but it's it's not going to be exactly what it is now. Well, I mean, we were doing really well, but yeah. it seemed like midday it started to turn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's and and that's that has a lot to do with the tides. Um, we we showed up on a outgoing tide. Um, it was a high tide going out and it was just kind of that transition. And as that load, as that tide gets lower, as the water level drops, those fish kind of move out to the second sandbar and naturally the bite kind of cut off, cuts off after the morning, you know? Yeah. Should this evening be good? This evening should be really good. Uh, you know, we still have, the winds are still really light. And, uh, and, uh, if, if you go put your time in and and fish, um, you know, I, I don't, you're not going probably not going to get that much action until after 6:30. So, uh, just be patient though cuz there there's a lot of fish out there. So you started when you were young. Um yeah. when did you start shark fishing? I started shark fishing uh shoot, I guess I started really shark fishing hard when I could drive because that's when I could really get down here uh more and um so I guess I was 16 when I when I started really accumulating some good, uh, some good shark fishing gear, and started to get really serious. Um, and uh, and um, I used to come down with all my friends. You know, we'd make it. It was always a good time just to get all my friends out and uh, and uh, hang out on the beach. You know, shark fishing is a lot about hanging out on the beach and just waiting. So uh, there's never a dull moment. So now you do land land based, um, right. other than some guides may take their there are people out to do uh you know boat base what's mm-hmm. what's the big biggest difference of the kind of shark that you're looking for and what's 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 the main difference between land-based and 
uh, fishing off of a boat. So um, land-based, you know, you're 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 pretty limited, right? You don't you can't get that bait in you know the deepest water, but you can consistently if you if you take a bait out, you know, 250 yards to 500 yards, you're in you're in some decent deep water. And uh, you're, you're close to sandbars, and those sandbars naturally attract bait, which naturally bring in the sharks. Um, and so um, you're really, you consistently catch six feet, six foot sharks um, off the beach. You can really consistently catch five foot, four foot sharks. I mean, there's a lot of sharks out there, but it's, it's, it's for a land-based shark fisherman, it's, it's that fish that's over six feet is what you're really after. Um, now, in terms of just how big you can get a, sh- you know, you can catch a, a, how big a shark can get off the beach. I mean, you can you can catch, you know, a twelve foot tiger shark. You can catch a thirteen foot hammerhead. It, it's not, it's not, it's it, it's not like it hasn't happened before. It happens a lot, especially farther south. Um, so Padre, Island. Padre, uh, Padre else? Corpus. You just came you back know. from uh, Poco Bueno, right? I did, yeah. Well, how was how was that? Did you get to see any way, fish weigh-ins? And uh, we did. We watched. Uh, we watched the first fish come in. Um, it was it was a marlin that was over five hundred pounds, and um, you know we didn't we weren't actually fishing it, but we went down there just to hang out. A lot of people go down. It's a big it's a big deal. They call it Poco Fest, and um, uh, it was cool to watch the boats bringing bringing some a fish. Of, a lot of nice boats. Oh man. These, these just incredible sport fishers that are just, you know, I mean, they're million-dollar boats. And, uh, what was and, the payout for, uh, for, the, uh, for the winner of the boats, the offshore division? Well, the offshore, so um, the, the person to bring in the first marlin, just, just the first marlin. Oh, the first no, marlin. Well, no, no, just the person who brings in the first marlin, no matter how big it is, automatically wins $30,000. That's thirty grand for the first marlin yeah. of the day. So what a lot of people do is they they, they catch a marlin, they come in, hang it up, and yeah. then they they turn around, and they go right back offshore. And uh, in terms of you know the biggest marlin, it's it's all about weight, and uh, man, um, it it all depends on the turnout. What's the entry? Oh man, oh, we were talking. I think our second podcast we were talking about tournaments and stuff. Yeah, the and entry you used to go ahead. Well, that well, the, for the offshore of it, there's an inshore and there's an offshore. But for the offshore, um, it's it's uh, it's it's. I mean, I, I want to say it's upwards of somewhere between nine and twelve thousand dollars for the inshore. Used to fish the uh, the lighthouse, um, the beach, the beach. Um, right, the right. Shark, What's shark what fishing it, from the beach? It's in Galveston. It's based in Galveston. What's what yeah? Is that well, one it's called? called right now. It's it, it's called the Beach Masters beach Tournament. Masters. Okay. And the Lighthouse Charity uh, sponsors it, and um, it's for a good cause. And uh, it gets, you won it one year, right? I, I, yeah, we won it. Um, we won it. I was is back in high school, um, my junior year, and uh, we won with it. We caught an eight foot four lemon shark, um, and that took first place. And that was a that was a that's a big pretty big shark for up here. For for our for the upper coast, um, and uh, so that was a cool experience. We we did fish it last year or this past year, and uh, we took uh, second in the redfish division. So that was pretty cool. Um, 
it's always cool to place in a tournament. You know, you feel kind of special. What's the What's the biggest shark you've caught? Is that that eight foot four lemon? Yeah, um, that eight foot four lemon has been the biggest so far. Um, if you had to estimate, how many sharks over six foot have you caught? Oh man, uh, is it hundreds? No, not hundreds. Not less hundreds. than hundreds. Yeah, um, a lot. Uh, you know. If if I live down here, it might be in the hundreds, but uh, I, I'm fortunate. I just don't. I have to pry you off the beach. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd have to pry me off the beach for sure. But uh, I've caught a good number of them, and uh, a lot of them over six. A lot of them in the seven range, and a in a, in a fish, a shark in the seven foot range is a is a really good fish. Well, I, I, those bull sharks when we catch the bull sharks in mm-hmm. the seven foot range, I like. Yeah, that, that yeah. No, that's in that's in mid June, right? June is June, in my opinion. For Galveston, June is the month to be here if you want to consistently catch bull sharks over six feet. No doubt about it. Now, you can catch bull sharks, you know, May May's also a good month. But in my opinion, I think everything kind of comes together in early June. Um, right before shrimping season? Yep. So, uh, unfortunately, now we're in shrimping season. Um, so I think it opened up last week or a week or two ago. Yeah. So, all um, the big sharks are kind of off. Yeah, how it kind of works, and uh, it's kind of it's a known shark fishing thing. Is uh, when shrimping season starts, shark fishing slows down dramatically. Um, all those sharks kind of they they follow those shrimp boats offshore, and they just they they just ride those shrimp boats, and they just pick up all the what's called bycatch, um, which is you know everything that the shrimp nets bring in that's that aren't shrimp, and they just toss overboard, and it's like it is is just it's it's too easy for them not to go out there. They, they just, they stuff themselves. So uh, now, um, so in regards to catching as many sharks as you do, cause one night you caught eight sharks in six hours. Yeah. yeah. Less than six hours. Well, yeah. We had, we had a, uh, we had a really good run. Um, we, we caught, we caught seven sharks in four hours between 8 p.m. and 12 a.m. Um, and we missed a lot of fish too. I mean, we could we were getting double hookups. Um, for the now for the people who don't know what we do and mm-hmm. listeners, if you don't know what when you catch when you catch a shark, what do you do with it? So that's a I get that question a lot, um, and it's a good question. Um, all we do is we take pictures and we let them go, and a lot of the sharks. Um, what I did a lot last year, and I'm still waiting on more tags, but last year we tagged all of our sharks. Um, is that you, you fill it, you put the tag on it, you figure out male, female. Yep. You size. take measurements. Um, you take measurements and you, and you, um, and yes, you, you, you know, you write down if it's a male or a female and then, uh, you just, it, it's all it is, is a little, uh, um, red or orange. Well, it, they're like they're clear, but it has a number on it. It's just a little punch tag that goes right there at the dorsal, and um, and when that shark is recaptured, um, if it's recaptured, uh, that 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 angler who catches the shark can can uh, write that number down and take measurements of the fish. He can write that number down and and put it into if you're tagging for Noah or if you're tagging for Hart. Um, does, does you you um, can enter it in the TWPD system and PD do anything? What's that? Texas Parks and Wildlife do they do anything? Uh, no, not that I know, of. not that I know of. It's just uh, the big ones are Noah and Hart. So. 
Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, it, and, and that has done a lot for shark research. And uh, that's what a lot of people don't realize um, is, is um, you know, a lot of, a lot of shark recaptures um, can happen on the same beach or can happen, a shark can be caught in Texas and it's recaptured in Florida. And, and then they can tell you because the angler who first tagged the shark entered in all the information in the system. Um, then when that shark is recaptured, they'll know exactly how old that, how long, how many years it's been since that shark was first caught and they can see how much it's grown. How long does that tag stay in there usually? Oh, it, it'll stay in there forever. It can only stick get it in pretty good. Yeah. It, it just goes in right under the skin and the shark skin is really tough. And just as the shark gets older, it kind of grows, grows, grows into the shark and it's nothing. It's nothing it's before the little, shark. It's just it's a just, little tag. Yeah. It's, it's nothing for them. So it's more beneficial for them. Absolutely. So what's the, what's the biggest issue you see with um, inexperienced fishermen on the beach? Um, I guess being here so long and, and, you know, coming down as much as you do, um, what do you see that could be improved upon? Um, well, a lot of times people just come down here to fish not knowing any laws or regulation. Um, and that's kind of getting out of hand, especially now that a lot, a lot more people are coming to fish in Galveston on the weekends. It's kind of getting around. I don't know what's going on, but I noticed all my spots are kind of getting overfished. And, uh, you know, I, I would just say that people just kind of need to educate themselves a little more before they come out. They need to know what size kind of limits. size limits, that size limits. Exactly. And what, tell you how many times what they I've can use for bait. People what, catch a small redfish or yeah, trout. I've and, seen it happen. I've seen them. I've seen them keep, you know, undersized redfish or I've, I've one time saw a guy using a redfish for bait. He caught a 17-inch redfish, and he just cut it up and threw it out there and because he said he wanted to catch a shark. And it's like, well, you obviously don't know what you have out there for bait. So, and, that's, I, and I hate to see that kind of thing. I really do. Um, do you have some kind of, I guess, this, just kind of some laws and regulations that people should know about if they're listening? Yeah, I they mean. no clue what, what yeah, we're talking well, about. So, just your typical trout and redfish, uh, you know, those are pretty common on our coastline. And, and uh, I guess they should know that, you know, um, <clears throat> they have to be 15 inches or longer. And um, That's trout? That's trout. Sorry, yeah, that's trout. And uh, you can keep 10 a day, which is a lot. That's a lot of fish. I mean, you don't need more than 10 a day. But then the South Texas limit, Pasmatic order, or did they bump that up? No, it's still five. It's still five. It's still five. So south, south, Matagorda South is five. Uh, right, and there's a, there's a certain I don't know I I can't remember the exact boundary line, mm-hmm. um, but yes, yeah, so just just be familiar where you are and what your regulations are for where um, where you're fishing because uh, that's I mean you know a lot of people don't don't know that flounder in November you go two yeah flounders two in November and five you know year round besides november because mm-hmm. that's their spawning months mm-hmm. yep and that's, you can't gig then too you can't gig flounder i didn't know you i didn't that, that's you, you can't me. do it I didn't because know you, yeah because they're yeah. everywhere i'm guessing yeah, yeah. wow so, i didn't i did uh, not know that yeah yeah no um, gigging i know uh i go to texas and galveston and uh i'd see a lot of kids go to seawolf park mm-hmm. and you know catch you know five flounder i'm like you know this this three could have stayed i don't i don't keep any i don't keep trout under 17 
Right. Yeah. I you know I let the you know smaller ones you know grow yeah. big. I mean you know bigger. I I prefer bigger fish anyway. Oh yeah. Easier yeah. to fillet, more to eat. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Definitely easier to fillet. Yeah. What about redfish? Redfish. So um, they got to be twenty inches first of all. Now you can only keep one. I know. I'm sorry. That's trout. You you it's 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 twenty to twenty eight inches. That's that's your range there. You get. You get a redfish in there between 20 and 28, you can keep it, and you can keep two more. So you can keep three total. Now, if you catch a redfish that's over 28 inches, um, you have to let them go unless you use your tag that comes with your fishing license. I think you get you get one a year, um, and you can tag a redfish that's over 28 how you, inches. How do you use your tag? Must, must you fill good. it out, um, you know. You, I think you write the location of where it was caught, and then you cut out the date. There's, you have to cut it out. You cut out the date, and then you and then you just you can just use some fishing line, and you just tag, you just tie the tag onto the tail or whatever. But just you know, I, I know a lot of people when when they see a big old redfish that's over you know 30, 35 inches, and they they're like, man, that's a big fish. I want to keep it. I want to take it home. I want to eat it. Well, I'm telling you, they're not that good to eat at all when they're that big. So Worms just just let them go. Yeah, they're just let them go. They're fun to catch, and just take a picture and let them go. Um, that's what no you do with sharks too. You take pictures. That's that's yeah. Yeah, I just take pictures. I let them go. I do not keep any sharks. Um, Some people say I've I've had a three footer before. Hey, yeah, no, and you know what? You you keep one. You can keep one a day. You can keep one shark a day. Now there's different regulations on on what kind of shark you can keep there's a lot of sharks you can't keep so it's another thing to be familiar with that now if you are going to keep a, sh- a shark keep a black tip or something like that. keep a black tip or keep like a you know a, a bonnet head shark don't 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 keep a big bull shark don't do that because i mean first of all that's a lot of meat what, what are you going to do with a six foot bull shark it's going to stay in your freezer and yeah, and you really shouldn't freeze shark meat. First it's got of all. urea in the blood. Yeah, and and you know I I'll keep I keep maybe one shark every other year, and that's just because I'm going to eat it that day. And the shark that I do keep is probably 30 inches long. They have to be 24 inches, um, so they got to be two feet to keep at least for a black tip or a bonnet head. And um, and uh, I, I might keep one one every other year. And uh, and I'll and I'll eat it that day. Shark steaks. It can be really tasty, you know. It can be tasty, but they are they they're not fun to clean. They smell terrible. <laughs> That's it's, the worst smelling yeah, fish ever. It's bad when you cut them open. And it's yeah. It's 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 pretty nasty. So the diff we are, we went over the differences of land based and uh, sea based, right? Fishing. Uh, well, I don't think I talked about the boats. I mean, you 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 asked about how. Um, what's the difference yeah what's the in main terms of yeah. you know you can get in a boat and you can run offshore and you can you can you know you could throw some chum overboard and chum you know chopped up fish or whatever and and it's it's much easier offshore it's much quicker you can you can consistently catch five six foot sharks all the time offshore i mean um but you know you also have the opportunity to get a much bigger shark you can run way out blue water and uh and chum and you have a you you could you could very easily catch a hammerhead that's over 10 feet long or a big tiger shark that's over 11 feet long you know it's it's not rare that's for sure catching big sharks offshore is not rare now the the times in in texas where shark fishing is good can you kind of go through the regions and and where people should go and 
and then yeah, that's go through that. Well, okay. Well, first of all, uh, the best shark fishing in Texas, hands down, is is known to be in Corpus Christi uh, or Padre Island National Seashore, which is just outside of Corpus. And um, that's that's just that's the continental shelf drops off a lot quicker down there. Um, you get a lot deeper water, a lot quicker. Um, and there's been several, several sharks caught every single year over 10 feet long. And we just don't get that kind of big consist- consistency here in Galveston. Um, you know, we get a lot of sharks over six feet, but, uh, we don't get the you, consistent big guys. Right. And that's, if you want those consistent big guys, you got to so go So what are those south. big ones eating? They're, are they, eat, are they chasing pelagic fish? Uh, is that why that they're more blue water eaters? So to yeah, speak? yeah, they pelagic fish for sure. Uh, you know, um, you're gonna see a lot of a lot of sharks eating stuff like bonita or uh, or jackfish. Jackfish is jackfish is a all around um, for the most part probably the best shark bait out there in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get your hands on a fresh jackfish. There's a good chance it's not going to sit out in the water uh, for too long. It, it's it's a bloody bait, and it, and they love them. So now let's talk about your rig. I know you're really, okay. really proud of, <laughs> proud of proud of your shark fishing yeah. rig. Yeah. So what's uh what's what's the story? And yeah. Tell us how what your setup is. Um. Well, you know, it's always been my dream to own like as a kid growing up, own a shark rack is what they're essentially called, and and I and I've had one for years now. And um, it basically goes in the back of your truck, and you, and it's a platform, and it's got um, it's got rod holders. And what that does is it gets your rods and your line way up high. And for fishing over here in Texas, that's a big deal because we have these real, just uh, these sandbars have shell. They have stuff that cuts your line. You know, they, they, a lot of abrasion, um, and. Uh, with a with a big high rack like I have, that'll get your lines as high up, you know, just just nice and high to where a lot of the line is clearing those sandbars. Um, so that's that's one reason why racks are, um, you know, are, are everywhere now for shark fishermen. And then um, another reason is a big reason is seaweed. Um, when we have bad years in Texas. When, um, for seaweed, it's just it's it's every shark fisherman's nightmare. And uh, without a rack, um, you know, a lot of times you just can't fish. Even if there's just a little bit of seaweed, without a rack, um, you just can't fish. Now, with a rack, you a lot of times you can clear um, most of the seaweed that's running in close because it gets bad when it runs close. You know, when it's out there, I you know it's it's tough, but a lot of times you can deal with it if if it's if it's pretty minimal. But that that rack comes in handy, um, you know, in terms of seaweed. So seaweed and line abrasion, those are the two big ones, I would say. You've been messing around with a lot of LED bars too. Yeah, well, uh, I like lights. Uh, you know, I like to light. I like I like to see. Okay, <laughs> because I fish at night. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I put LED light bars all over the rack, um, so that when we do hook up on a big mm-hmm. fish. We fight those fish from the rack, um, and uh, you can just flip on the light bars when they do when they get in close, and it helps in, in terms of leadering fish. How many rods and reels do you have total? Oh uh, man, uh, mm, shark fishing reels. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I really, really, I, I have like five or six, and I really only use three of them. Um, I, I have a lot of other rods that I use for redfish, for catching big bull redfish off the beach and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the most effective way I shark fish is just with three rods, which is a good number. And um, now if, if it's flat enough and if there's no seaweed, I can typically run more. But usually I, I only have one other guy with me, so I stick with three. I'm going to give you a, a fun one to answer. Uh, so let's say there's a young kid, right? And he's like, he sees this podcast or he sees you out there on the beach. What's your advice to him? How do you start? How do you, uh, how do you get out there and, and, you know, how do you, how do you take care of, take care of business, so to speak? How do you start shark fishing? How do you start shark fishing? Oh man. Um, well, it all starts with buying your first shark fishing rod and reel, I guess. Um, it doesn't have to be anything too expensive. You know, I started out with uh, Penn Senators, and that's typically what everybody starts out with. And that's a lot of times what everybody still uses today um, throughout their whole lives. They're very tough, sturdy, real. They're going to last you a lifetime. And then I guess my other advice is talk to other shark fishermen. Get some information that will kind of help you out because if you're going in there blind – it is uh, you're going to get frustrated and you're and you're not going to catch a fish for it took me a long time to catch a fish it took me a long time to catch a shark it took me probably over a year um to really you know to legitimately catch a shark you catch a shark that's like you know five feet that's what i consider a legit fish for anybody starting out um and uh but you know i guess my my advice is 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 you know Good stuff is not cheap, and cheap stuff is not good. Um, that's a big one. So don't go too cheap. And uh, and fresh bait. Nothing beats fresh bait. You have, I mean, I I never use anything frozen. Um, but uh, if yeah, you, you always it, catch your bait in the mornings. I catch my bait. I I spend the day. I spend the two days usually catching bait, stockpiling, and then also I'm ready to go shark fishing the next day. Or that afternoon. How long does it take usually? I mean, you could be you could put your rod out there thirty minutes, or you could be out there what twelve hours. Oh, it varies. Oh, yeah, it's it's it's. You know, sometimes you can't even get back to the beach and your reel's going off. You know, but other times, you know, I've I've sat with a bait in the water for ten, twelve hours before it got hit. Um, it varies. I mean, if there's a lot of fish around, it usually doesn't take too long. But if there's not too many fish around and just the conditions aren't ideal, then it can take a long time or it just won't happen at all. But the, when you're so, catching those, those seven uh, seven fish in four hours, mm-hmm. you said you, it was, you said you were going through rough seas. It was, you know. It's, so it's really just being persistent? It's pers- Yeah, you got to be persistent and uh, honestly – Another big thing for shark fishermen that that we all know is that when that water's too flat, um, they're just they're 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 much farther out. The sharks are much farther out, and usually my worst days have been when that water's glass. I like it personally when I have about two foot waves, and it's not too clear, um, at least for Galveston. 
I mean, it's not too clear. Kind of a sandy green. It's not the brown water. Not, not Yeah, not brown water. And I've caught a lot of fish in brown water. But if I get that sandy, off-colored green water and, it, and I have two-foot swells, um, I, 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 I'm feeling really good, you know. But I've caught fish when it's flat, but just not as many. They're, it drives them offshore. They're a lot farther offshore when it's that flat. Now, when it's rough, Have you figured out why yet? Uh, man, uh, too clear. Don't want to hang out. If, they, if it's too clear, I just they just don't want to hang. It's just, I, they, I, I they don't can, know. Fish it, can see them from a mile away. It's, it's weird how it works. For Galveston, if it's too clear, it's just not that good. But if for if you're in Padre Island or something, you want that clear. You, that that clear water usually means Big hammerhead charge. or something. You know, it means yeah. So it, it varies, and for Galveston, it's, you want kind of like an off green color. So to go to one opinion. place and say, I know exactly what I'm going to do here is kind of kind of loopy. you right. got to really have yeah. to look around yeah. and learn learn your surroundings mm-hmm. and the area and what. Oh, yeah. It's different everywhere. So, the, you know. the fish's habit, or I guess animal, you know, animal's habits. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. this was an awesome, awesome podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It was an awesome uh, shark week. It happened same day you came down. I was like, hey, let's put this together. Oh, this is perfect, man. I, I love it. The shark week, you know, it's one of my favorite weeks ever. So, so tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow we're doing an interview after the uh, Galveston Municipal Police Association special workshop at uh, City Hall, and the interview will be after uh, their presentation. Um, so if you have any questions, if you read this, uh, post on our Facebook page. Um, Joe Michael, uh, please tell us your uh, Facebook or your uh, Instagram handle so people can follow you. Oh, okay. Well. Uh... Yeah, I think my I think my my uh, my Instagram is J M Camel K A M E L uh, seventeen. Um, go check it out. I got some cool pictures on there. If you want to see some sharks, we're gonna I'm gonna get some video from him so he can put that on the website. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and do that. we're gonna make a, a nice little video about John Michael and a, a Galveston Island podcast Shark Week. Um, so we're sorry Ben can't be here today. He had something come up. Uh, Anyway, uh, Galveston, stay salty.